Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Yeah. Well, that's why they built the toilet bowl, you know. It's where all the trash goes. That stadium is nice, bro. <laughs> that stadium. It's nice. The design, though, from up top. I. You don't like it? It just reminds me of a toilet bowl. Somebody said it when they first built it. Oh, and I, shit. And I yeah, get it out of I my never... head. Oh, I you hate know? you so much. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> oh, I hate you so much. You might, I think, well, because now I'm like imagining it. I'm like, damn it, that does look like a toilet bowl. It like, does. I, I've never seen it before. It does. Damn. Because that's probably, that might be, I actually have never been to it in person, which I need to. I've been to the old stadium, of course. But like the new one, like just from pictures and everything like that, it looks amazing. It looks state of the art, and they've got the river, which people like to knock on yeah. that. But like, I, I'm all for why? running water. Why? Yeah. Yeah. They why? Why are you the knocking on it? They got their soccer field next to. I remember we were playing them. Our soccer team was playing them, and somebody booted it so hard it went out into the river. Uh, I just love that. I love the the water hazard. Always yeah, that's present. cool. Like, I mean, because most of the time, most stadiums, just in everything, it's like being by a river is cool. Like, um, like the uh, like Pittsburgh Pirates, their stadium. Is right by actually all of Pittsburgh's teams are right by the river. Cincinnati Bengals, theirs is right by the river too. Um, actually, a lot of like a lot like that's normal to have an aesthetic like that. The Philadelphia Union, like the reason why people love their stadium more than anything, it's out in Chester, PA, which is like the hood upon hood. But people love that stadium because it's literally right on the river, like smack dab on the river. So it's like great scenery, and then people get the hell out of Chester, Pennsylvania as soon as humanly possible. Uh, once the game ends, but um, yeah, like that, like being on a river is actually pretty dope. Lubbock, we don't have a river to put anything on, and we're not putting it on our lake, <laughs> so it's as good as it gets. All right, but like like uh, DKR would be better if it was on the river in Austin. Like, imagine if that you know that river that runs through downtown Austin. Imagine if DKR was smack dab on that river. Yeah, that'd be sweet. You know what I'm talking about? But it's not. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. It's a bunch of uh, like condos and um, you know some yeah. smaller restaurants kind of in that area. Yeah, the and then the park. Somebody... The other side is the park, is which is nice. Um, what park is that? Uh, Can't remember the name. Uh, yeah, I don't, know. I don't remember the name. I, you know, the other day there were somebody had uh, was posting something on. They were like, um, oh, what do they say? They were like, uh, oh, it was this somebody was just talking about stadiums, and they were like, oh, this is the most beautiful stadium around, and they 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 had posted Baylor's, and oh, they posted TCU's. They said TCU and Baylor has like the nicest stadiums around. And then somebody's like, "I'm gonna fight you because you didn't say Texas Tech." And they said, "Well, Texas Tech, TCU, and Baylor has the nicest uh, stadiums around." And oh then, you know, yes. Of course, of course, you know Longhorn and Sooner fans have to inject themselves and say that they're better than everybody else in any conversation, even when they're not brought up. And um, they were like, uh, "They're not. It's not even." Or actually, no, it was a Texas fan talking about A and M, and he was like, "They're not even top two in the state talking about Texas and A and M." And I actually do like DKR Stadium. Uh, Aggie Stadium is only nice because it's big. Like, big doesn't equal nice. You know what I mean? 
Like even and I actually think even Texas representatives understood. That's the reason why they did that whole remodel of DKR because DKR wasn't nice until they redid it. Even though it looked like a vagina at the end of state of the <laughs> end of the year. Like I can't like that's a picture I can't get out. Like ever since somebody said it looks like a vagina, all I see is is vagina. Um, They're birthing so, like, excellence down there in Austin. <laughs> They're burning something. Uh, so, so, but like, but so even they recognize, like, big doesn't mean better. But I feel like a lot of Aggies and Longhorns in the state are like, oh, well, we have a 100,000 seat stadium, so it's better. And not necessarily, I think TCU Stadium is actually really nice. It doesn't, you would think it's a lot bigger than what it looks. I like the Fort Worth area. Yeah. I like it's, I like the, it's very like city, but very green as well. Like I think Fort Worth, they're not overcrowded enough to the point. Well, too many rich people live there, so it's like you know they they've their 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 tax dollars are going towards you know making the city streets really nice. When I lived in Arlington, I loved Fort Worth way more than Dallas. I still do. Yeah, like yeah. Dallas is Dallas. The city is a bit overrated. Fort Worth's more of a walking city. Overrated. Yeah, more of a walking yeah. city than Dallas would be. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Huh. Alrighty. Let's talk Tarleton. Cheryl Smith writing and rewriting history. First ever national title for Texas Tech. Jonathan Garibay. The boot is away. And it's Welcome one, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast. You are on once again with your boy, I'll be sure. And... Jeremy is going to hate me because we basically have 10 minutes of pre-pod recorded time that he's going to throw away in the dumpster. We have been talking. We've been chatting up. It's been a great time here in the uh, TNT lounge before getting in here because that's, you know, when you beat a team 41 to three, like Texas Tech did over Tarleton State, it's all great vibes. And it's great to have a game where we can just chill, chat, and relax. So chill, chatting, and relaxing, maxing and relaxing with me in the TNT lounge is the people's champ, Jeremy Gillen. What's up, Jeremy? Feeling all cool. I, I, the TNT Lounge. I like that. It's like the pre-pod, the TNT Lounge. Um, talked about ice cream last week, and we're talking about stadiums this week. You never know if, what you're going to get. Yeah, and, you know, I think you know we've, we've talked about the Patreon. Shout out to the 1012 Patreon. Make sure to uh, donate some money to the 1012 Patreon. Get Jeremy some coffee. Uh, get me some of that ice cream. That'd be much appreciated, much obliged. Uh, we'll shout you out in the pie if you do. Just uh, donate to the Patreon and then uh, send us a DM and let us know. Uh, but um, those conversations could be on the Patreon. I'm just saying, letting you know. We talk about all types of random stuff on the Patreon, but we want y'all to let us know what we should talk about on a Patreon um, that you would actually uh, pay for and listen to. So, anyways... This game, 41-3, to Jeremy. Texas Tech goes out there. We, we, we talked about it in the preview that we need Texas Tech needed to come out and show that they were still the big dogs. See an FCS team and not have us worry. Not have us with our, our hearts in our guts. Not have us stressing like we did against SFA a couple years ago. Instead, we needed a game like last year's Murray State game where we're relaxed. And sure enough, 21 zip in the first quarter, we were really relaxed. Felt good. It felt good, and you know what even felt better is that it, it, we were getting out to a fast start, and so many fans showed up. I went to the game; it was packed. It was a, it was a supposed sellout. Obviously, there were some blank spots in the seating, um, but it was packed, man. And most impressively, the student section was full. So they've kind of redone the student section with the knocking out of the south end zone. So the band just kind of got shifted over to the left there to the east. So they're kind of in that corner um, by the by the tunnel. 
So they kind of pushed all the student section further down. Well, the student section goes towards the double T uh, grassy knoll area. And like you couldn't see any of that. And so once you get to the point of students filling up that space, that means that there's no more seats available. They're just kind of filling up space that they can. So that was full. So it was a great atmosphere. I loved it. We were having a great time in the first quarter, for sure. Yeah, and not only great, I mean, it was great. The students stayed. That's actually the crazy thing to me. Because usually, you know, students, come, they get all hopped up. You know what I'm saying? They've been tailgating all day. They get to the game. We're up 21-0. It's like, all right, time to get back out to the bars and drink some more. Right, but they stayed. They stayed the whole game. And again, it's against Charleston State. We have a big lead the whole time. There's never a question of, well, will the game be close? Like I think from the very beginning, we knew. I mean, there was. We started the game with a three and out, so that's not great. But after that, it was just touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. It was really, really quick. Um, scoring, you know, uh, points almost immediately um, in this game. So. And actually, so three straight touchdowns in a row, and it the vibes were great, like you said. I I will say on this podcast we have condemned some of the the, the fan participation previously. We've talked about how in some time, some iterations where the fans didn't show up. This is not one of them. Absolutely great job by the fans. A lot of people were talking about it. Um, I made a joke as far as this being our fierce rival, Charleston State, despite the fact that it wasn't. This is an zero and two team. Like I understand that a lot of people bought season tickets ahead of time and maybe the idea was that well we bought season tickets already so we already sold it out we're gonna go to the game anyway but fans didn't have to right we've seen other seasons where fans were still like i don't care that i bought the ticket i'm not showing up we've seen situations where students have said i don't care that this is free i'm not showing up but it didn't matter it's still a packed house against charleston state with a team being zero and two so definitely props to the fan base uh, on that one and then the team rewarded them after that three and out like i said um i do want to give a shout out to malik dunlap who should have got his first interception last week, and and it was called back because of some ref bull junk. Uh, I've added that. Shout out to Coach Prime. I added that to my my uh, dictionary there because uh, of <laughs> that bull junk. But Malik Dunlap with a 54-yard interception return, and then right after that, another three and out from the Texas Tech defense, and then just touchdown after touchdown, baby, and we're up 21-0. Yeah, fast start, but, you know, not uncommon. This this season, first quarter usually a pretty good quarter for Texas Tech. We've done a really That's good true. job in the first quarter. We've scored forty something points in the first quarter. <laughs> We're doing pretty well in the first quarter. That's not the issue. Um, and so it was really good getting to see everybody just coming out. Mostly everybody coming out pretty strong. The defense not allowing Tarleton State's lower pedigree to have them step off the gas, right? The defense, the Reuter was still calling the same blitzes he was gonna, he's going to call against whoever. Everybody was still being aggressive. It was a good showing from the defense early early on. Yeah, and then Malik Dunlap gets another interception right there uh, at the end of the first quarter. So two interceptions just like that. We hadn't had an interception for the team all year long uh, with an asterisk because Malik Dunlap actually got his first last week. Whatever. Uh, but this game in the first quarter, two interceptions from Malik Dunlap. Um, but I will say, Jeremy... Some a little people started feeling a little uneasy in the second quarter, not because the game was ever in doubt. I think once we went up 21 to zero at the end of the first quarter, um, the defense, I should say, shut the door on any chance Tarleton State had of coming back, right? I'm not necessarily going to say that the game was over because, as we know, after seeing the Wyoming game, that wasn't the case, but the defense really shut the door on any chance Tarleton State had of, of making anything a game, uh, with that interception and then a turnover on downs there in the second quarter, but. The offense, after 21 points in the first quarter, only three points in the second quarter, 
right? It, that ease that they were able to move the ball down in those two drives didn't happen the exact same way. I mean, one drive, they made it all the way down to the uh, 10-yard line but weren't able to, to punch it in. Gino Garcia comes out for an easy field goal. And then we had two other punts by Austin McNamara. Um, and it just wasn't able to happen. Just the field goal, which, I mean, you know, it's still 24-0 at halftime. But all the great vibes we were feeling in the first half started to get into this little bit of uneasiness with how the offense was moving and how the quarterback was playing. It's it's plagued us all season so far, and I, I I hope that it's not going to be a theme of the year of starting, you know, really fast in the first quarter and then plummeting in the second. It doesn't make sense. One of the keys I kind of took away from that was you kind of went away from the run game there. Uh, Taj Brooks, huge player in the first quarter, um, having kind of a stellar might have been one of his best games of his career. And I was Charleston State, but, like, I mean, he was running like a bat out of hell. It was great. He was getting a lot of good yardage, and he was maximizing his time on the field, obviously making up for the first two games where he got limited touches. Um, but he's that dude for us. He's a great running back. And so uh, going away from him kind of in the second really showed that he's an essential piece of this offense. And so, yeah, to go from 21 points in the first – uh, and only getting three in the second, that's it's a big red flag for me. It's if you're not able to, it's it's kind of this, okay, let's make it like a beige flag. On the negative side of it, you keep, you continuously show me that you can score really quickly, but then for some reason you no longer can. And you can't tell me it's adjustments. You can't tell me it's, you know, defensive adjustments and stuff like that. You can't tell me it's um, bad voodoo or whatever because it's, it's just consistent. It doesn't matter who you're playing. The good news is, is that it doesn't matter who you're playing. It seems to be a very you problem. And so if it's just a you problem, this should be something that you can fix. So I'm kind of this beige flag floating over me. This thing. The one thing I thought about at the end of this game was, why can we not keep the pressure on offensively? Like, why can we not keep a rhythm offensively? That was right on my mind. Well, Jeremy, I got to say, so in the second half, the halftime opens up, it's 24-0. In the second half, Tyler Shuck played one series, one drive, and it was announced at halftime that he would only he was going to play one drive, and then Baron Morton was going to come in with the ones so just to see how he does. Now, I will say, if you're the starter, red flag number one is that your backup's going to come in with the ones. The coaching staff wants to see your backup with the starters, right? It's not like they said, all right, second unit in. It was, hey, first unit stays in. No, 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 no don't worry about it. We're just, we just want to see him with them. No, don't worry about it. We just want to see him with them. That's red flag number one. Red flag number two for Tyler Shuck. And this actually, I do feel bad for Tyler Shuck. I don't think he deserves this. I really don't. I, I and, and, you know, it's pretty, it was pretty crappy, I think, of, of us as a, as a fan base to give a standing ovation for Baron Morton coming into the game. Right, yeah. like that that's kind of I get claps, I get cheers. I mean, I know I know we all want to see what he can do, but a standing ovation. Um that's and then also I think some of the tweets I, I saw a tweet saying that he's Tyler Shucks on the sideline like that's an annoying a, a, a ridiculous. Like that's yeah. he he's a guy's coming off the sideline. Sure, you're gonna feel a type of way about the standing ovation that was given, but nothing about I think what Tyler Shuck has done that do I think he deserves it, nor do I think uh, he was being anything other than a supporter on the sideline. Um but that's red flag number two, and red flag number three is buddy, you got outplayed. I mean in the second half Baron Morton was there. He had Baron Morton, as I'm looking at it, had four possessions in the second half. Tyler Shuck had one. In the one possession that Tyler Shuck had, 
it was he had five plays. Um, got a first down, and then he was forced to punt. In the four possession that Baron Morton had, field goal, touchdown, touchdown, and then he got an interception, which really did not seem like his fault. Like it was a communication <laughs> yeah. thing. Who knows whose fault it was? It was Loic Fungies. Who knows whose fault it was? It was Loic Fungies. But um, it's, <laughs> but the other three possessions, three scoring drive, boom, 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 right? Um, and you know it's uh. He just got flat out outplayed. I mean, every metric. I know some of the some of the stat nerds after the game and, and on Monday were kind of giving out kind of those comparison stats between what Tyler Shuckle was doing versus what Baron Morton was doing, and every metric was in Baron Morton's favor. I mean, every single one. In a situation where you know your O line can let up, your receivers can let up, maybe the defense for Tarleton plays a little bit more aggressive to not get embarrassed. None of that mattered. Baron Morton just balled. His like his throws looked better. His the 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 zip on the pass looked better. Everything looked better. And it went from a twenty four nothing game to a forty one nothing game with a with a snap. It was really quickly. And if it wasn't for that miscommunication, it might have been a forty eight to three or a forty eight to nothing game. Now's the time to save thirty percent on wedding jewelry only on Bluenile dot com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab grown diamond bands, all hand finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Yeah, and I'm just going to read through those because I was looking that up. Um, friend of the pod, Justin Apodaca, who came on um, earlier this year, I think, or last year, talks in football. Uh, yeah, oh, both, yeah. Um, he was uh, kind of highlighting some big points from an article they posted in Red Raider Sports, and kind of the big takeaways were under the clean pocket, Baron Morton graded out with a seventy-seven point one. This is per you know PFF the stats, so seventy-seven. We'll just say round it up, you know, or round it to the uh, whole number. So Baron Morton seventy-seven with a clean pocket. Baron Morton seventy-seven. Tyler Shuck sixty-two. For me, I had thought I have thought that Shuck performs better in the pocket than he does running and so he yes yes but right so yes but morton seems to be better by that metric now here when he does receive pressure um morton down you know grades down to a 71.9 basically 72 so from 77 to 72 um tyler shuck goes from 62 to 43.5 so for me, like that swing, right? This metric that if all we have is the metrics and there's a lot more with eye test, there's a lot more with Captain C, there's a lot more beyond this, but with the metrics, the swing, I think is the hardest thing for this team to establish rhythm with because you're going to face good football teams. They're going to apply pressure to your quarterback. If your quarterback is like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde when it comes to getting pressure or not, and even the Mr. Hyde is not, or Dr. Jekyll is not, um, such a weird thing that I said it. But if, if you're like good version of your person is still only at like a 62, which is a D in college, if anybody, you know, D's get degrees, but you wish you had something a little better, right? And so, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot to the metrics. You can read a lot into it. I think just at the very base level, it does illustrate against the same team, um, Baron Morton just kind of won out the day. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I I look at this right. So I said he came in with the first string with the first, the the starters had back to back touchdowns or with with the uh, or he had a field goal then a touchdown with the starters right. And maybe you say, okay, well that's with the starters. He's passing to Duran Bradley to Dre McCray. He's using his guys. Does that really mean he's the better quarterback? In the fourth quarter, the backups did come in. So, you know, Nehemiah Martinez got a little bit more burn. Bryson Donnell, who I was really excited to see, he got a lot more burn there in the second in the in the fourth quarter and was able to make it work. And guess what? Ben Morton scored another quick touchdown. That was actually my favorite drive of the day was with the backups. Right. Of the entire day. That was my favorite drive of the entire day was with the backups and what Baron Morton was doing. It's 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 just this team just seems that much better with Baron Morton. And so before we go into that a little bit more, I do want to kind of talk about the defense a little bit. Came that close to a shutout. That close would have been their first shutout since 2019. They did have a first uh, game without letting up a touchdown since I believe 2020. Uh, so there's there's at least a little bit a little bit of a, an advantage there. Uh, so great job by the defense. I think really shutting them down again. I think our secondary has been incredible. It's been great. Uh, DeAndre Taylor Demerson got an interception, so I, I, you know, I get a little bit of credit on that for for saying that he needed to get one. Um, but he, he got an interception in this game as well. So we got take three, three interceptions in this game. Definitely what you want to see. A very dominant performance by our secondary. And Victor Gabalis, the quarterback for, for Tarleton State, was under pressure a, a majority of the day. Like he didn't have fun. It was not fun. It was not fun back there, Bob. You know. So it was a. Uh, um, it was a rough game for them, but you, again, you take it all with a, with a grain of salt because it is Tarleton State. Um, you know, what forty-one to three when you hold any team to just three points is something as a defense you can hang your hat on. Uh, offensively, forty-one points. I think we could have gotten more, especially after putting up twenty-one in the first quarter. But you got to be very. I think the biggest takeaway offensively, man, that backup. I, I caught before the season said I said he was the best backup in the Big Twelve. I don't know how long he's going to be a backup for much or I don't think he's going to be a backup for much much longer it's it's that's yeah it's such a hard thing to say uh, I will say on the defensive end Miles Cole Miles Cole being the guy to get into the backfield a lot create disruption for their quarterback two sacks on the day that's massive um wondering where Steve Linton is. Uh, Steve Linton yeah, the speedy guy, the one to make the difference. Um, just kind of uh, unknown right now, right? Not yeah, making I'm still himself known. Yeah, not making himself known. So could be a really high ceiling, but hasn't done anything for us lately. Um, but great defensive effort total. I cannot tell you, <laughs> you know, great game. I was so disappointed that they got that field goal. <laughs> I was like, I cannot remember the last time Texas Tech had a shutout. Kinsey thinks that maybe it was Lamar back in like 2015 or 16 or whenever that was. I, I it might well, they, be. They said harder. it. They said it on the. Um, they said it on the broadcast. They said on the broadcast it was the. Uh, and actually, I said 2019. Uh, 2019 was the last time we didn't we didn't give up a touchdown. Actually, um, that doesn't sound like a shutout. A shutout was 2018 against Lamar. Kenzie was right team, wrong year. So 2018 was the last time we got a shutout. 2019 was the last time we did not let up a touchdown. 2019, we was 38 to three against UTEP. 2018, we beat Lamar 77 to zero. You know, shout out to Cliff. <laughs> 77 points. All right, 77 Cliff. to zero. Um, but uh, on See, the way to a season. This is why you stay home and you watch it on the broadcast. You get all the good info and facts. You don't have to pay eight bucks for a beer. Why do I even go to the games? <laughs> yeah, you get beer at the at the games now. Look at yeah. that. 
Yeah, and us they old, have us old folk. quite a selection. Yeah, us old folk over here. We we remember when Lubbock was wet or was dry. I mean, yeah, right. Back in the day, Lubbock was yes, you young folk, young people. Lubbock used to be a dry county. We used to have to go out to the strip to buy our alcohol. Twenty ten, right? Twenty ten was something. Uh, yeah. Was it twenty ten? Yeah, twenty ten or eleven because it had just changed when I got here. Yeah, Thank one God. of the one of the two. They ended up. They ended. What what happened was the politician or the people that wanted it wet. They decided we're just gonna go to <laughs> <laughs> the people that wanted alcohol sold within How the city limits of Lubbock, Texas. You just flew through that like it was no problem. You knew what you that, did. <laughs> the people that wanted Lubbock to have alcohol in it said, "If we're gonna get this passed, we need to go where there are forty thousand kids that like to drink." <laughs> So they just broadcasted all over Texas Tech, and then we're like, "Yeah, we'll vote for that." Yeah, we haven't vo- <laughs> students never vote, but we voted that year. <laughs> I think it was twenty ten, actually. Um, so, anyways, back to the game and back to these Charlie Hustle shirts. Let me tell you something, Jeremy. As we're recording this, is wearing a fantastic Texas Tech Red Raiders Charlie Hustle T-shirt right now. Got Red a Raider Rab shooting his guns up while riding. Uh, while riding, uh, I wonder. I wonder which mass rider horse that is. It's probably Midnight, uh, Midnight Champion, or or one of the two, but uh, or one of the many Midnight Midnight Rider horses. Uh, but anyways, great shirt, Jeremy. Tell them how soft that shirt is. I cannot express. It's almost. Have you ever been up in an airplane and you thought, kind of wonder what it'd be like to float around in them clouds? This was like putting on a cloud, and I, I tell you, I, I'm not going to take this shirt off the rest of my life. It's it's honestly awesome. It's it's soft. It's not too it's not too tight around any of the entry or exit points. I, I can't complain about this shirt, man. And the design is fantastic. Absolutely. So I mean, wait, wait, listen. We're not just saying this ad because we're saying it. We are. We like the shirts. We like the shirts. They're nice. They're soft. They're comfy. And Charlie Hu- Charlie Hustle is a vintage inspired clothing company based out of Kansas City. They specialize in collegiate and hometown can- hometown Kansas City apparel. They want you to be the best dressed fan this season. So be sure to check out their wide selection of officially licensed collegiate apparel today. Show off that Texas Tech spirit all season long and get like Jeremy. Feel the clouds. Feel the clouds with Jeremy. They will have you covered with all your collegiate apparel needs. So shop today at charliehustle.com. Use our promo code 101215. That is T-E-N-1215 to get 15% off of all non-sale items. Again, that promo code is 101215. Charlie Hustle, vintage made fresh. So Jeremy, we kind of already buried the lead a little bit on what the big elephant in the room with the prime conversation that everybody's talking about. Listen, the game was 48-1-3, to but let's face it, halfway through the fourth quarter, the main conversation on Texas Tech Twitter had already begun, mm-hmm. which is Baron Martin versus Tyler Shuck. We talked about in the preview it was going to happen. We knew it was going to happen. We knew that Baron Martin was going to get burned in this game. We knew it. We knew that was going to happen. He got burned in the game, and he looked he, the worst thing that could have happened to Tyler Shuck happened, which is Baron Morton looked damn good. He looked damn good. And so now, now I mean, listen, I know there's not a quarterback competition in the building. Or at least I don't think so. Uh, it hasn't been announced, hasn't been talked about. But amongst the fan base, there's no question a quarterback competition. And honestly, I don't know how much of a competition it is. The, the fan base has already made up their mind. I would say a, a good 80-plus percent of the fan base has already made up their mind about who they want the quarterback to be in Morgantown 
this upcoming Saturday. What are your thoughts on it? Uh, first of all, it's, you know, we know they dropped the depth chart. It's going to be Shuck, QB1. Um, they're still going to ride that for West Virginia. I do expect that leash to be pretty short with West Virginia playing Penn State, you know, pretty hard in the early parts of that game, beating Pitt. Um, they're a bad team in the Big 12, but it doesn't mean that they're a bad team. Right, you can you can lose this game. You're in Morgantown. You can lose this game, and with the, our record on the road, we're gonna need a lot of we're gonna need a lot of good stuff going our way. So you know, in the game, you were right, man. As soon as Morton came in, uh, that was one of the loudest points the stadium had been all night, and <laughs> that's you know disheartening for uh, for Shuck. But I think you know as coaching staff. You do make the final decision, but you are also kind of at the mercy of the Coliseum. You know, like Rome, like you can you can you can make all the decisions, but you're if you're losing public favor. That's not a good thing for you. And to some extent, you gotta be like, okay, what do they really want? And why do they think they want it? And you're a coach, and they're fans, so really, there's a limitation to that. But if the guy comes out, everybody gets super jazzed, and he has a heck of a game. You know, oh my God, like. I, you've got to feel for Coach McGuire, who is wanting to be a good coach and, you know, go with his guy who he trusted with all offseason, who won the job, and is just like kind of failing him and even failing himself at the beginning of the season. You feel for it because at some point you got to cut the cord. If it, you, how, the question now is how long do you let things bleed out before you stop? And I think with Morton showing like, hey, I'm ready to run and gun with that same kind of that same kind of excitement, that's the same kind of zip, the same kind of down the field um, awareness, even on the run. That's what Texas Tech fans have come to love because, you know, we have the Patrick Mahomes archetype in our mind. That's the kind of quarterback that we want. We want the quarterback that's not afraid to who, who can make smart decisions in the pocket but is not afraid to run out and make a, a crazy wild fun play. And so the quarterback controversy was kind of funny in the first couple of games where we were 0-2. It's like, okay, uh, you know. But getting, getting to see Morton this season, actually, like, this is the first time we got to see him throw the ball. And guess what? Mm-hmm. He's accurate. It was nice. It's it was nice. nice. It doesn't look like a duck. You know, it ain't looking like uh, a duck. Listen, I may be the last person left from the shuck train. But I, I've already, I've already, I'm looking up, uh, I'm looking tickets. up stops. Yeah. I'm looking at tickets for whenever, you know, what, when, when is, when is the Morton train coming on? Like, I'm, I'm looking at the see, cause it is, I'm not going to lie. That game, it, it, Morton looked nice in that game and it's, it's tough. I mean, I, I know a lot of people were already saying that, oh, well, Morton should start West Virginia. That was never going to happen. Right. You already kind of already mentioned the depth charts already been released. That's not going to happen moving for, you know, for the beginning of the West Virginia game, but there's no doubt. I mean, I think, you know, one thing is, is that we, and you know, West, a lot of people picked West Virginia to finish last in the conference, or at the very least, I've been really big on tiers, especially in the preseason. Um, unfortunately, I had Texas Tech in the top tier of the three tiers, and that so far hasn't seemed to be the case. Uh, but West Virginia was on my bottom tier, my bottom four, uh, four worst teams in the conference. They have not necessarily looked like one of the four worst teams in the conference, right? They actually have looked like a team that is is – Ready to ready to work this year, right? Blew out Duquesne. Now, of course, it's Duquesne. Blew out Duquesne. Beat Pitt. That's another Power Five team. And like like you mentioned, like they played Penn State tough. Sure, Penn State won the game. Penn State's one of the ten best teams in the country, and playing like one of the ten best teams in the country. Um, but played them tough. 
And, uh, you know, it's funny. Shout out to Brandon Phoenix from the Raspy Voice Kids podcast, uh, West Virginia-based podcast. He kind of talked about how Texas Tech is a favorite in this game. They opened up as a three-point favorite in this game. And he said it was kind of ridiculous. Excuse me. It was kind of ridiculous that West Virginia was opening up as an underdog to a team that is yet to win a Power 5 game. And I wanted to, or an FBS game. Let me rephrase. Not even a Power 5 game, an FBS game. And I was about to talk crap back, but I was like, you know what? If I was a West Virginia fan, I'd probably be feeling the same way. West Virginia has looked better this year, I think, than Texas Tech has, right? We're 1-2, and two, and our only win is against against that FCS team to where for them, they're saying, we just beat Pitt in a very emotional game. We play Penn State pretty tough. Uh, you know, Penn State this year so far has looked better than Oregon, I would say. So uh, I get their, that West Virginia thought, and I think for Texas Tech, on the road, like you mentioned, it hasn't been easy for us on the road. Henry Columbia is not walking through that door. <laughs> In this game against Morgantown in Morgantown. So, you know, this is a game that actually may be closer than expected. I, you know, I, I'm looking through all this stuff. Texas Tech's the favorite. I mean, even ESPN has given us a 60% chance to win this game. And, I, and I, as I'm looking into the stuff, I'm like, why? Because I don't think Texas Tech has shown or proven that we're that much better of a team, right? And so it's I do agree with you that in this game. If it does look like we don't have control of this game, if it looks like it's a close game, it looks like the quarterback is the guy holding us back, Joey McGuire has no choice but to make that change. If we end up losing this game because of the quarterback play, I'm not blaming the quarterback. I am blaming the guy who decided to keep that quarterback in there. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's exactly where it's gotten to at. at this point. Yeah, yeah. that's where exactly where we're at. You either, so we're at the fine point where it's a, hey, we all saw it are you seeing it too? Like we understand, but like, are you seeing it too? If you get down to West Virginia on the road, you, you don't have a quarterback who can get you back. Not this season. Well, at the very least, I think you give, you say, shock, look, this is, this is it. I mean, I'm not even saying that you say that to him. I'm just, but he, he knows. I mean, at this point he knows, right? So he knows that I've got to really, if I want to be the quarterback of the Texas Tech Red Raiders, I want to be the starter. I want to be the guy. I want to hold off this backup quarterback. I got a ball. I don't have the luxury of throwing an interception in the first quarter and still keeping my job. I don't have the luxury of three three and outs or consecutive three and outs. I don't have that luxury. The second that happens, the second we're down in a game to West Virginia, the change has to be made. Because if that change isn't made, then it's not on Tyler Shuck for playing less than ideal. It's on the coach that is letting him play less than ideal when we have the Ferrari in the back. I, I made the comparison last week um, to – last week I made the comparison of Mahomes and Davis Webb. And other people on Twitter started making that comparison because, um, you know, the great they minds do the feel like They listen to the pod and they're like, you know what, Albert hasn't tweeted this, so I'm going to go ahead and say it before he gets a chance to. Uh, but, um, uh, you know – I made a comparison of whether or not Tyler Shuck is the Davis Webb to Baron Morton's Pat Mahomes. Again, I'm not comparing them. I'm not saying Baron Morton is as good as Pat Mahomes and all like that. But I'm saying if Davis Webb never gets hurt in 2014, we never get to see Pat Mahomes play against Baylor. We never get to see that game. That game that kept Jared Stidham from ever committing because of how good Pat Mahomes was. Right? <laughs> and are we keeping Baron Morton – are we keeping – our 2023 version of Pat Mahomes on the sideline simply because Davis Webb has not gotten hurt. And that's what I'm, that's right now. And watching that game just brings that comparison up even more of 2014 Davis Webb did not look good. 
but he kept the job because he was just older. That's it. There was no other reason. He kept the job because he was older. We didn't know what the backup had. But now we know what the backup had. The backup's pretty good. The backup is pretty good. And you when you the backup is that good, you can't you cannot let the starter continue in this in this aspect. Right? Because West Virginia is better than they're better than Charleston State. They'll take advantage of these mistakes. Great game. Good to win. Always happy for a dub. Sad we didn't get the 50-burger, but whatever. Kinsey continues to be an accurate predictor, which is a, a shocker for me. She'd been, she'd been on it. I'm just kind of scared. So um, if, you need, if you need Powerball numbers, get in touch with Kinsey. She's apparently a sage. Are you, are you, saying, that, are you saying that women can't accurately predict the scores, Jeremy? I'm saying I hate I hate being wrong. <laughs> I hate being it's wrong. It's a little bit of we don't we don't condone misogyny on this podcast, Jeremy. Okay, <laughs> that's not that's not what we're not. Albert, gonna do. All right. Albert, <laughs> uh, that's not what I was going. <laughs> um, so yeah, I will say like, and I know it's been we were zero and two. Now we're one and two. We're still under five hundred. Like Joe McGuire said last week. Everything is still in front of us. Everything. I mean, the only thing that's been taken away from us at this point is we're probably not going to the college football playoff. <laughs> probably not. Ah, dang it. We're probably not going to the college football playoff. Everything else is still there, right? So if you had dreams of going to the college football playoff, sorry. I, 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 I feel sorry. I'm, I'm, I, my bad. I'm, you know, my, that's me. That's on me. I'll take that. I'll, I'll be sure. I'll take that. My bad to you for us not getting into college football playoff. Everything else, though, is still in front of us, right? Like, the, the every, all the goals are still there. Um, I predicted the team was going to go 9-3 and three this year. Well, that means you got to go 9-1 and one from here on out. I'm not, I'm not going to switch up. I'm going to still keep it. Do I still believe it? Not really. But that's my prediction, so I'm sticking with it. That means we got to go 9-1 and one for the rest of the year. Everything is still in front of us. And that starts with a win at West Virginia, a team that, despite you being 1-2, despite you not necessarily looking like a good team, Vegas, ESPN, all the analysts still feel like you are the better team and should win this game. And a loss here is going to bring out the Boo Birds, no question about it. That all that energy you grabbed from the 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 game against Charleston State, even when you maybe didn't deserve it, you lose to West Virginia. That same energy is not going to be there for Houston. You got to keep it up. You got to make sure you're there. Beat West Virginia, then we can see about Houston. But we'll talk a little bit more about it later this week. Uh, what's up, Jeremy? You know who never lost to West Virginia? The guy who knew how to stack success. I'd like to point that out. That's right. Matt Wells never lost to West Virginia. Hey. Damn it, Joey. <laughs> Wells, Wells got it done. Okay? He, ain't, he, ain't he, knew, how to, no he knew how to do it. He ain't losing to no Neil Brown. Right? Matt Wells is like, you know what? I may not beat a lot of teams, but I'll beat them. <laughs> I got one in my sight, yeah. I got one. I got one in my back pocket. Columbia? Let's go do it again. <laughs> he drove through. He drove through West Virginia, and he thought, "No, absolutely not. <laughs> there's, there's no way. There's I no may way. lose a lot of games. I ain't losing this one." Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. For the uh, woman hater that is Jeremy Gillen, this is I'll be sure, and you have been listening to Tortillas and Takes podcast, part of the Ten Twelve Network. As always, stay wrecked, people. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.